0: The Tie-In Hoodie Show is sponsored by ICCLending.com. For real estate service, please go to ICCLending.com.
1: Three, two, one.
2: Every human came to earth with a gift, and they must discover that gift and refine that gift for them to be fulfilled. The prerequisite for spending time with any person is that they nourish and inspire you. They feed your flame.
1: Yo! Hey man, how you work this radio? You're not listening to The Tie and Hoodie Show. Keep it locked. Owning a home and paying it off is one of the data points of an everyday millionaire. Home sales across the U.S. are on the rise as buyers take advantage of record low mortgage rates. Good morning, morning, morning.
0: Now let's get back to The Tie and Hoodie Show. <laughs>
1: It's the tie and Hoodie Show right here on 93.5 K-Day. Every Sunday morning, 6.30 to 7 a.m. I'm your host, Trevon Smith, also known as Trey. Andrew and Jesse Cover, co-host. The co-host, and uh, as you know, uh, all shows are uh, you know, sponsored by ICC Lending, uh, where it's the home of uh, all the great mortgage loans from VA loans to conventional loans to FHA loans. So if you're looking for uh, uh, loan for a home or a business? Please contact ICC Linden, As well as all this information from the show will be on the Ty and Hoodie missed any valuable information or any upcoming information, mm-hmm. and we have our new YouTube exclusives on there. Mm-hmm. But today I'm uh, uh we get to reach out and uh, she's our first female guest, right? Yeah, yeah, first female guest. Welcome, hey, welcome to the show. Yeah. And, uh, ladies first, ladies first. A lot of people don't know that's Queen Latifah. <laughs> but uh our guest has a, a a brilliant you know background she's done some amazing things she she has her own testimony, mm-hmm. her own personal personal development story. Mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll we'll get into a little bit of that and talk to her about you know what she's been through at, at, just as a person and I also like to hear like the woman's perspective of the business place um, mm-hmm. what women go through because uh, I've worked in radio and women go through certain things as, as far as conducting themselves. like some give the quick hand up, some give the, you know, mm-hmm. so it's things that, that I've watched and I was like, okay, that was smooth. Well, first uh, of all, let, let's, let's introduce her. I mean, so you're Miss Cassidy Szynski, right? Zarnicki. Cassidy
2: Zarnicky. Zarnicky. Yes.
1: Zarnicky. yes, see? Yeah. I was gonna ask you, uh, like, how do you pray? It sounds like you made that up? Z-
2: no, I mean, the S is silent. Yeah, yeah, so, so, like, S- right? yeah Zarnicky. Right. so the S is silent, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. Okay, so Cassidy Zarnicki. Well, thank you so much. Welcome to our show. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. How are you guys doing?
2: Good, good, good. Good. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. Well, just kind of tell our our viewers and our listeners who you are, what you do for a living.
0: Yeah, so uh, Cassidy Jordan Zarnicki. Um, I'm originally from San Francisco, California. Um, Came to UCLA um, on a full scholarship for, for rowing. Uh, was rowing there political science major also Chinese as well Um, I speak Mandarin Chinese fluently Um, and then over some time period obviously I've done a lot of things that I'm sure we'll get into but currently I'm the CEO at Artes Management Group uh, which is founded by Meta World Peace um, who's also my business partner in our new venture fund that we just launched a couple months ago called 837 Ventures so I'm also the founding managing partner there.
1: That's already a lot of information right there for everybody <laughs> listening. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about like your process. You know, you know how everybody says follow my process or trust the process. Like uh, number one, you mentioned rowing. You yes. know, number two, men and Chinese speaking Chinese. I want to hear Mandarin, how Mandarin yeah. Chinese. Yeah. I want to hear a little bit of how you like uh, as far as your your voyage to UCLA mm-hmm. and. and and rowing, which came before UCLA, and as well as you speak in Chinese, because I believe we spoke to somebody last week and they were fluent in Japanese. So we're seeing a lot of minorities in, 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 in these different cultures speaking different language because we all, well, you know, high school they say, oh, uh, French or Spanish. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot right. more people speaking different languages now. So, and look, I'm all ears, we wanna hear, let's hear it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I actually didn't start rowing until I was a junior in high school. Um, around springtime. And, you know, I grew up being a super active child. Um, I was the athlete of my family. Um, And so year round, I was in different types of sports. I did dance, I did gymnastics, um, I did basketball. That was, that's my true love actually. Um, Softball, swimming, I've done everything. And so for me, you know, my parents really wanted to kind of challenge me and push me into something different. Um, and so rowing, you know, it had major opportunity to, to get scholarships to, to schools, um, especially Ivy League schools. Um, so, you know, I got into rowing, hated it at first because it's the one sport that I've ever done where I've actually felt like this is the hardest sport I've ever done. Like it's challenged me in every way, mentally, physically. Um, and I can honestly say it's, a, it's the most grueling sport I've ever done. Um, and so, you know, from that, my junior year i placed fifth in the nation in high school Um, my senior year i placed second in the nation so i had a lot of potential with rowing um first school that reached out to me was actually yale trying to recruit me and so that's when i like it really opened my eyes where i was like wow like i could go further with this sport than anything else that i was kind of you know thinking about doing um in any other schools so for me you know got you know on the went on those recruiting trips Um, you know, looked at a bunch of different schools, ultimately decided on UCLA because I am from San Francisco. So I wanted something that was further enough away from home, but like a short flight back home. If I, if I wanted to do that too, so it was a perfect opportunity for me. Um, and then as far as, you know, Mandarin Chinese, I've been learning Mandarin since I was two years old. Um, yeah. So, uh, Spanish as well. And my mom is, my mom's always been, you know, a huge fan of, of culture and language. And so she wanted to, you know, equip us. Um, me and my other siblings with you know some some additional uh, benefits, right? Like growing up, exposure opportunities. Um, and so, you know, for her, it was like, it was almost like she was so business oriented that she knew 10, 15, 20 years from now that it would be, you know, a hot commodity. I knew a lot of other minorities, and even when I was at UCLA, I would see other, you know, people of color in my Chinese classrooms. And that was just never what I experienced. Mm-hmm. I was the only person of color, the only black woman in all my Chinese classes growing up. So it's definitely now becoming um a hot commodity. You're seeing it a lot now. I know a lot of other minorities who speak Mandarin or speak Arabic in these really foreign languages. Um, So that's nice to see. But um yeah, you know, my experience at UCLA, it it was great, Um, great school. I did have a career-ending injury. um, And that, you know, that really shifted uh, my trajectory overall and my career, Mm. my mindset and perspective. Um, and, you know, that was hard, you know, growing up being an athlete and then suddenly you'll never play sports again. You'll never play in that specific sport. It, it was a lot to go through. Um, but I think it really set me up to really choose the best best path for me. Right. And I would say it was that turning point in my life that has set me up to be where I am today.
1: Now, on, this, on, on, so on the Time Hoodie show, we, we're like we're real big fans of personal development and yeah. I hear a lot Mm-hmm. of that in you and I think it's an important and was that's one of the things that I, I feel proud about by being on the show is bringing that to our listeners do you think all the the things that like you know the sport activities and and your mom being influential about learning languages did that the personal development help overcoming, and I don't know, you tell me if I'm absolutely wrong, overcoming the injury as far as like your bounce back. Because I know a lot of athletes, once they get an injury, like, oh man, what am I gonna do now? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it seems like you was already had a lot on your shoulders before. So you already kind of had it developing in you. And you go ahead and talk a little further about that. I don't know if that helped out and...
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say in some ways, yes. Um, you know, for me, and I'm gonna be totally honest, I went through like a whole year where I was just down and out, like Mm -hmm. depressed, Uh Mm -hmm. um, anxiety, stressed, panic attacks, like the whole thing, because I, so much of my identity was part of being an athlete. Right. Um, and for me, I had to really figure out how I was going to come out of that. What, what I wanted to do next. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just something I never really had to think about, you know, because I was still in college. I was a junior when this Mm -hmm. happened. So, so I really had to figure out, okay, like, what do I want my life to be? You know, what do I want my career to be? What do I want my purpose to be outside of being an athlete? And so, you know, going through that, it was challenging at first for sure. You know, I had surgery, everything. So it wasn't even just that, you know, my uh, athletic career ended. I was trying to get back to daily life. It took Mm -hmm. months before I could even get in the gym again, just walking. Right. So, and running. So um, there was a lot of things that I was battling. Um, I think, you know, growing up being an athlete and of course, you know, the experiences that and the uh, opportunities that my, my mother has presented to me um, has really molded me and shaped me into having a very resilient mindset um, mm-hmm. and, you know, being ambitious um, and very driven. And so I actually, I like to be challenged. Um, so for me, you know, it was, it was a huge challenge, but it was one that I knew that I could overcome at some point in time. And so, you know, it was just about continuously working on myself so that I would continuously improve and then obviously mm. change on my situation.
2: You, you are giving a lot more than a lot of people can really understand. And, you know, I personally relate 100%. And I'll tell you why. I was fortunate enough to come to the United States over 20 years ago on a track scholarship. And in my freshman year, I tore my quadricep muscle. Mm. I came to the US to go to school, run track. I wasn't interested in education. I was interested in becoming an Olympian. I wanted to go to the Olympics. I was so crazy about sports that that was my identity. Everything, pink, sleeve, drip, sports. And right. uh, in my freshman year, when I got hurt, and the doctor said, um, You're never going to be 100% again. I mean, I was, just like you, I was crushed. Mm -hmm. Um, I I thought about going back to Nigeria and just going back and and not, I wasn't interested in doing anything anymore. You know, so talking about, you know, getting down and under where what you thought was gonna be a gateway, a pathway for your life, and it just seemed like it was taken away from you. Right. You know, and and now you see people doing the same thing that you thought you could do better at. Right. and there's a mixture of jealousy slash resentment, you know, so I, I totally relate with your story. And I think a lot of people like Travon was saying athletes who thought they were going to go to the NBA or the NFL or become pro and they get injured and they're like, well, my life is over. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be the case. Right. I mean, what do you think?
0: No, it shouldn't be at all. Um, you know, I, I always say, and I look back on it now, right? And I have a change in perspective because I'm so stubborn by nature. And especially, you know, being an athlete, mm-hmm. I'm super competitive, super tunnel vision. So when I have my eye, um, you know, on a goal, it's like, I'll get to that goal no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm an executor like that. So for me, in hindsight, when I've looked at it from different perspectives, like that almost needed to happen to me in order for me to look at something else that I could do in my life like I always think about I was probably destined for a higher purpose than just you know let's say go to the Olympics right or or make that a career being an athlete so um for me you know I look back and I'm like I learned so much over that period that that I was down and out about myself about you know other ways and and really my potential um right now I'm in venture capital I never thought I would be in venture capital Um,
2: and, that, and that's, that's huge. Venture capitalism, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, you, you're, this, is, this is, I mean, to the next level, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you're, you're, you're now in a, in a situation where not only are you managing money, you're managing opportunities, and you're managing possibilities right. on the highest level. And, and who thought that a, down, a downward spiral of what happened to you could lead
1: to this opportunity? Right, right. You know? I think it's very important because... I'm fortunate enough to know uh, enough NFL athletes that uh, some of them had game plans and some of them didn't have game plans and you kind of sit back and take notes as far as like, sometimes there needs to be a uh, backup plan, you know, and and it's all right to have a backup plan, even though plan A is on full throttle. So it's, it's definitely something we need to, like inform our listeners and other people about like, hey, you can go full throttle on a certain direction, but make sure you have avenues that kind of lead to the same direction, which is is pro- progression. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I want to uh, just jump in and talk a little bit about where you going from college. Um, I know you did a, a worked in some government. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's important for listener because a lot, like I always tell kids, I, I, I do some substitute teaching and it was like, oh, well, we don't like the police or whatever. I said, the best thing you could do is join the police mm-hmm. and, and be informative and help them out. So like, I wanted you to talk a little bit about from the listeners about being in government and being involved in the government. You don't have to give any specifications, uh, just working yeah. with the government and then you're transitioning to what you do now as far as business and in 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 capital.
2: Venture.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. So you know, like I said, I was a political science major uh, in college. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at that point, kind of after the injury happened, it was like, okay, I'm going to go to law school. Like that was, you know, my path. And so I started getting involved in a lot of uh, community service work. Um, I would tutor uh, kids who were incarcerated in ju- the juvenile detention centers, which is one of my re- most rewarding experiences ever. Um, I joined like Justice Corps. Um, you know, I just started working with uh, uh, Congress officials mm-hmm. um, in the city. Um, and then afterwards, right out of college, actually, I got an internship with a, a congressman here in LA County. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, I got accepted uh, to to work with uh, Senator Harris, our now VP elect, right. So working with her um, and that was during the time of the, the Brett Kavanaugh hearings and there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that was really like my first introduction into to politics and government um, and seeing how no day is the same, no second is the same, you have to be ready at you know, the flip of a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings, like I said, there was a lot going on in the office, um, a lot going on over the world and the country. Um, And then shortly after that, you know, she announced she was going to be running for president. So, you know, I started to get more involved um, from that aspect, again, in my community, also worked on Mike Bloomberg's presidential campaign for the short run that that was. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, I have a lot of friends who will hit me up and be like, You know uh they don't even know anything about you know voting outside of voting for the president right they don't know that you're voting for your district attorney or uh the board of education like nothing and so i always tell people you know get involved um you know go to town halls um know who your your uh district uh congress official is right um and and just get involved and become aware because then from there you're going to understand why politics is the way it is, right? Why Uh government is the way it is. Um, But yeah, from there, you know, made the transition after I decided I wasn't gonna go to law school anymore. I actually initially was gonna get my JD and MBA applied, did everything. Um, But at the time I started working for a family office fund, um, completely fell in love with it, fell in love with it. I loved everything about, you know, entrepreneurship, but also the investment side. Um, Decided to also start my own uh, startup at one point in time And, you know, I was doing a lot because as to your point, Trevon, like you had to have a backup plan, right? And everything had to be aligned. And so for me, it it wasn't so much having a backup plan, but I just, there was a lot that I wanted to do. I was passionate about politics, but I was passionate about venture capital. And I also wanted to to be my own CEO, right? I wanted to start my own uh, company. Um, And so, you know, just everything started to really align for me when I made the risk that I wasn't going to go to law school anymore, uh, which was a huge risk. My parents didn't understand that. Um, but it felt like intuitively, I could do more than just mm-hmm. be a lawyer. And that's, you know, no disrespect to lawyers, because they're amazing. But it was just like, yep. I felt like my purpose was bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So nine months later, ended up meeting Metal World Peace changed my life, right? Like, we met, we started working together. Um, and then, you know, soon after that, he pretty much brought me onto the team and was like, "I want to make you CEO. You know, like you have the vision, you have the execution, you have the strategy. We're so aligned. Um, and since then, you know, things have just been been sky like skyrocketing for us. We have a lot of momentum. Um, you know, we're we're raising a hundred million dollar fund right now uh, for our venture capital fund. We're making investments. We have a sports tech platform called Xverse X Sports, which is Meta's Meta startup as well." Um, and yeah, just, you know, a ton of things that, that are going in the right direction. Um, and like, I would say the last six months have been life-changing for me.
1: Um, and, and, yeah. and, and, and I think that's very, very important for people to hear that whole testimony yeah. because it doesn't always, everybody thinks, oh, it's either about the rap life or the, yeah. or, or the, uh, the, uh, the sports life. Uh, and, and it's like, there's other avenues to the, the world of success. So, that's one of the things we try to do is just bring those, those eyes and like, hey, it's other people out there that's successful. Mm-hmm. You don't have, to, it don't have to be just like hit seven or nothing and, mm-hmm. like, and it's all over. I, want, I definitely want you to go ahead and give the information out to the people where they can learn about all these different programs that you're doing with Metal World Peace. I wanted to talk a little bit, since you're our first, you are know, first in, in my, I wanna talk a little bit about, about the woman in the workplace. You're our first female guest. And I've seen a whole lot of different situations and all positive. I've met a lot of people that done positive things that they were interns and now they're doing this and that. Um, But I noticed it's more difficult, in my opinion, for a lot of women in the workplace because they deal with so many different acts and dealing with so many different situations. If you want to talk a little bit about, because I think it's a lot of, I know it's a lot of women listening because we get emails and DMs and they always ask us, I'm like, hey, well, we don't know how to answer that because you're, you know, you're a woman in the workplace, but somebody like you just to talk that's been being successful, talk about a woman's might have to try two or three times or do certain things just because you're a woman, if you, if you don't mind touching on that a little bit for us.
0: Yeah, I would actually say it's, it's not so much a challenge as being a woman as it is uh, like ageism, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 25. So for me, like I'm doing what 30, 35, 40 year olds are doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I get that a lot, you know, I've had other venture capital partners and investors reach out to me um, who will tell me that. Like I'm in a a very, um, uh, I'm in a position rather that, you know, like I said, most 40 year olds, 45, 50 year olds are at by this time. Mm -hmm. So I would say it, you know, as far as being a woman, I mean, it's not so much I felt like I've had to try harder, but you know, you definitely have to put yourself out there more than you know the male counterparts in your workplace. And I think that's what my piece of advice would be: is you know, just find those opportunities. You know, constantly, constantly ask for them. What else can I do, right? And then just, just do it to the best of your ability. Um, I think at that point, you know, you you'll prove yourself in the workplace. Um, now I know there's there's other avenues that we can get into in, in that. Um, So I don't really, I don't really want to go into that. But I mean, like I said, my my piece of advice around, you know, excelling in the workplace as a woman is just, you know, coming in, doing your best every day and doing a little bit more than the person next to you, right, and and your male counterparts. And I think for me, that's how I've gotten noticed um, is, you know, I show up, I ask what else I can do, and then I execute that. And then from there, you know, my bosses and my supervisors have just tasked me with more work, right, Mm -hmm. And, and more opportunities.
2: So so let, let me let me jump in here real quick. I think I, you, you you've given so much nuggets right now that first of all, you're young, you're, you're, you're under thirty, you're in a position to actually manage over a hundred million dollar fund. Mm-hmm. People don't understand sometimes this kind of conversation, and they're thinking, "Oh well, it just got handed to you." That's not what's happening here. No this, it, it took, well, what I always tell Travon is, what's changed my life the most in America, coming from Nigeria, being a, an immigrant, coming here is education, education, education. You know, there's no way, I don't, I don't care who you are, there's no way somebody's going to hand you a million dollars and say, hey, go run this fund for me. You right. have to know what you're doing. So can you really talk to how education and being inquisitive about stuff and being learning, ha, ha, has that propelled you to this point? You know? Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm huge on self-development, right? So, for example, over quarantine, like in the very beginning, I learned how to code Python. Like I'm, I'm somebody who naturally just every day I want to be better than, than the day before. And so whatever I have to do to do that, that's what I do. So sometimes I'll read, write, right? Or I'll listen to podcasts on certain uh, topics that I don't know that much about. Um, I'll watch YouTube videos. I'll take a course. Um, I- I'm always looking to improve myself so that you know I can continue to grow and evolve. Um, so for me, you know, in venture capital specifically, I've only been in venture capital a little over two years, and I'm I'm you know now a managing partner of a, a venture fund. Like you said, people might think I got that got handed to me. But I think also it's been my ability to seize opportunities and get in those right rooms and also know how to talk the language. That's half of it, is being able to keep up with conversation with the people that, that you're networking with, right? So for me, I've been able to, to find a lot of mentors that way who you know, will look at my background, of course, but I would say more so just in conversation with me. Oh, she's smart, right? She's intelligent, she can keep up, you know, she has potential. Um, and from there, you know, I've been able to find a lot of mentors who are billionaires, right, who, who have Fortune uh, 100 companies, who I never thought, again, that I would be in rooms with. So I think a lot of it is you have to be hungry enough to want to evolve. You have to want that for yourself, mm-hmm. um, first and foremost. And then you just, you know, you, whatever interests you, whatever you want to learn more about um, if you want to connect with somebody, you know, we have a tool like LinkedIn now, right? I get so many LinkedIn connections, just people just want to have conversations with me so that, you know, they can take something from that conversation and evolve that way, right? Mm-hmm. Grow that way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I read books, I listened to podcasts, I didn't go into any summits or anything like that. But when there was an opportunity for me to, to network with people um, who were influential, you know, I made sure to, to study the room, right? I knew who was going to be there. I knew, you know, uh, what I was going to say in conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I hope at that, the end of that conversation, they would want to have another conversation. And usually, right. usually they did.
2: So, so it, what, what I mean, is there any way that if somebody wanted to get in contact with you or be involved in your fund or... Any opportunities? Do you have a website or a phone number or what, what information
1: will you want In, to give out? Any information we can help. I mean, I know we talked about a couple programs that mm-hmm. you guys are working on. Any of that information to share with the listeners as far as if there are some people that, you know, you know, if they fit the fit the circumstance that they, they could help out or be a part of
0: yeah no definitely i mean we have a lot going on like our test management group you know it's a management company um it's the, the parent company to a lot of other entities that we do have um but it's our test, uh, that's where you'll be able to find everything and then X experts i mean if you're a basketball enthusiast basketball player you know out there listening uh, we do have a platform for that um you can find them on instagram uh, we have a, a lot of influencers and NBA players that are that are part of our, our platform that are always at these open games and runs. Um, and then we also have you know, our accelerator, which operates under our venture fund for, for early stage startups that we essentially grow from a phase one to phase 10. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities to get involved. We also do philanthropy. Uh, we're currently working with uh, the mayor of, of Compton, Asia Brown on an Asia initiative. Asia Brown, good
1: yeah. friend of mine, Asia Brown.
0: Yeah, so we're working with her on, on Compton Pledge um, so yeah, you know, we're always looking um, for people to, to get involved with us um, in, in whatever way. If you bring value, you know, we're we're definitely interested in talking with you.
2: So now, now one more thing, because our, our show again is about personal development, and we a lot of people who are listening now thinking, okay, how how do I go from sitting on my couch? I'm depressed. I'm tired. COVID just took me out mm. of everything that I've been planning or dreaming of. Well, Can you you encourage somebody?
0: Uh, I would say trust your journey, right? You're learning something from this period in time. Um, And I say that as somebody who's been down and out, who's gone through a lot of different pivots in my life where, you know, I've had to take a step back. And so I would say not every step back is a setback. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really firmly believe that. Um, sometimes you just you need to be still in that moment and you you maybe you know during this period you need to rest right maybe this is a blessing in disguise for you so that you're prepared for whatever opportunity is coming next right for you to grow for you to develop yourself during this time like I said you know we've had months and not that everybody needs to have done something in quarantine mm-hmm. but like for me I just learned how to code Python like it was just something where you know I had so much, time on my hands being in the house like I just wanted to do something Mm -hmm. so I would take that whatever it is for you um if that's resting um if that's now getting into a workout routine at home like whatever it is to develop yourself you're preparing yourself for that for that next step because nothing lasts forever you know um happiness doesn't last forever a bad time doesn't last forever so yeah. You know, hold on to that, right? Like, this is just a period in time that you're going through, weather the storm, figure out, you know, ways that um, make you happy day in, day out, ways that you can develop yourself. Um, and then when the next opportunity comes, because it will, you're ready for that opportunity. Um, and now you're on to, to the next uh, chapter in your life.
1: Wait. Look, Miss Cassidy, we definitely want to thank you for coming and joining us and blessing us with, you know, I like I said, every Sunday, I feel like I'm going through a counseling session. Yeah. I learn something every Sunday. So it's always a pleasure, but it's even more of a pleasure to bring this to our K-Day listeners. Um, if you missed... Any of this information or the uh, valuableness of uh, 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 shows that you might have missed in the past, please go to tieandhoodieshow.com. Ms. Cassidy, we super appreciate you coming on, take the time out your day, mm-hmm. and we probably, you know, we definitely like to have you back next year sometime and, and get an update on everything that's going on.
2: Yeah, because I I still want to have a second show and, and talk about you know you learning Mandarin and because <laughs> I, I, you know just just the past week we had a, a gentleman, an African American who is he learned Japanese, Japanese is too, and, and, yeah. and I'm thinking, well, you know, we, we need to start exposing, you know, our community to opportunities
1: mm-hmm.
2: that for sure they're good, because the world is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, yeah. you know, right. you're going to need it at some point, whether you like it or not, you know, it's not just learning Spanish only that will get you over the hump, you know, the, the world is,
1: you know, melting.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Like I said, we definitely appreciate your time and uh, we'll stay in contact. And uh, KDA listeners, we appreciate your time. We'll see y'all next week. Thank, Thank you again. so much. Thank you again, Thank Ms. Cassidy. for having me, guys. Thank you. Bye so bye much. Bye. Thank you. Hey, do you have valuable information that can help your community? Okay. And you'd like to be a guest? Uh, Hit us on our social media. Do
0: it now. <laughs> the Tie and Hoodie Show is sponsored by ICCLending.com. For real estate service, please go to ICCLending.com.